This is Kate Mercer on the Go Well podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I'm talking with uh, Dr. Alyssa Burton today, who's a qualified sports scientist and senior research fellow at Curtin University in Western Australia. Alyssa's research focuses on helping older adults to live in their home for as long as they choose through healthy living strategies. Much of Alyssa's work has been with older adults who receive home care services, preventing falls in this population and encouraging healthy older adults to participate more in strength and balance training. Alyssa is currently conducting a large research study in Western Australia for people living with mild cognitive impairment to reduce the rate of cognitive decline and falls and improve physical health and quality of life. Thanks so much for joining me on the Go Well program today, Dr. Alyssa Burton. Thanks for having me, Kate. Now, I want to start with uh, actually uh, just if you can talk to us a bit about the about dementia, really, even though I know your side of the work that you do is more on the sports and uh, physical side of things. Can you just explain exactly what dementia is and the different types of dementia? Sure. Dementia describes a collection of symptoms that are caused by disorders affecting the brain. So it's not one specific disease as such, and it affects things like thinking, behaviour and the ability to perform everyday tasks and brain functions affected uh, enough to interfere with the person's normal social or working life. And there's a number of different forms of dementia and each has its own causes. And some of those uh, types of dementia are Alzheimer's disease, which is the most commonly known type of dementia, vascular dementia, dementia with Lewy bodies, frontotemporal lobe degeneration, Huntington's disease, and also alcohol-related dementia, which is often known as Korsakoff syndrome. Okay, so uh, what are the latest statistics in Australia for the number of people with these types of conditions? Sure. In this year, actually, Dementia Australia has suggested that there's around about 472,000 Australians who are actually living with dementia. Uh, And if we don't find a medical breakthrough, this may actually increase to over a million by 2058, which is just quite difficult to really comprehend. And they suggested that there's around about 250 people a day who are diagnosed with dementia. uh, And those cases could actually go up to around about 318 per day over the next four years, and perhaps even up to 650 people diagnosed with dementia each day by 2056. It's absolutely incredible, isn't it? It's just, uh, yeah. it's really hard to comprehend, as you said, those mm. things. Um, yeah, and, it's a uh, difficult disease, that's for sure. Mm, yeah, certainly I know one that uh, uh, my readership and uh, perhaps listeners uh, as well, certainly we all want to know more about what we can do about it. So uh, thank you for coming on the show again. I just want you to talk about uh, mild cognitive impairment now, uh, what that is, and can you just describe the spectrum or what what we need to know about that? Sure, no worries. So mild cognitive impairment's a little different to dementia. Uh, It's the stage between the expected cognitive decline of normal aging. So we do all uh, decline with our cognition as we get older. But it's, it's the stage in between normal decline in cognition over ageing and the more serious decline of dementia. So it's characterised by problems such as memory, language, thinking or judgement. And if you have mild cognitive impairment, you may be aware that your memory or your mental function has kind of slipped a little and your family and close friends have probably noticed a change in you as well. Uh, but it's not significant enough to be really affecting you majorly 
such as um, it does for people with dementia. So some of the signs that you could look out for for people with mild cognitive impairment is they may forget things more often or forget really important appointments or social engagements. They lose train of thought in a conversation or when they're reading a book or watching a movie. And they feel increasingly overwhelmed by making decisions. So if they're asked about things, it's like, oh, I can't make that decision at the moment. Or planning steps to actually have to complete a task sometimes can become difficult. And they may even have trouble finding their way around familiar environments, maybe driving the same way to the shops that they've always done. On occasion, it'll be like, oh, which way am I going? So, And some of their family and friends may notice some of these changes too. But there's around about 6% of the population of those in their 60s that have mild cognitive impairment. But this increases by the age of 85. There's around about 37% of the population do have mild cognitive impairment. But there is a little hope if you are diagnosed with mild cognitive impairment. Studies have shown that up to 40 or 50% of the population could actually revert back to normal cognition because sometimes a mild cognitive impairment may be caused by sleep deprivation or stress or anxiety. And so it can actually be reversed. Whereas when you're diagnosed with a type of a form of dementia, you won't actually revert back to normal cognition. So essentially, mild cognitive impairment is the first sort of label in a way uh, that you're given when you're sort of, things are starting to go a bit awry on the way to maybe getting dementia type thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is a possibility that um, you can go on to get dementia. Uh, around about 15% of those people who are diagnosed with MCI or mild cognitive impairment uh, within the year may be diagnosed with dementia and over five years, up to 50%. Uh, of people with mild cognitive impairment could go on to be diagnosed with dementia. So it's 50-50 chance, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, if you are diagnosed with MCI, yep. Yeah, okay. All right, so now let's move over to the work that you're doing as a sports scientist. Uh, you've recently begun a trial in WA on exercise and how it might prevent cognitive decline in seniors. Can you tell us a bit about that trial? Sure. Uh, the trial's actually for people um, 50 years and over, but they need to have had a diagnosis of mild cognitive impairment or at least be having um, memory issues that are starting to affect what they're doing. Some of those symptoms that I men mentioned before with trouble with remembering appointments or directions and stuff like that, and then we can actually screen them um, to see whether they could uh, be eligible for our study. And with our study, it's called Balance on the Brain. And we're looking at whether exercise, and in particular, a walking and balance program can help reduce um, cognitive decline, but also help prevent falls. Because a lot of people who have mild cognitive impairment are at an increased risk of falling as well each day. And we also want to see if hopefully it will improve their quality of life um, as well. So it's a really important study. We have not actually seen any studies with people with mild cognitive impairment um, whether balance can actually reduce falls for them. Whereas we know that for people who uh, don't have any cognitive impairment, that balance training is really important in preventing falls for older people. So we're looking at one of the first studies in the world who are actually doing this. And if you are 50 years and over, you're living in the Perth or Rockingham areas, 
and you're having some issues with your memory, where it is starting to affect how you're living, um, we would love to hear from those people. So they can get more information if they want on our website, which is balanceonthebrain.com, or they can also give me a call here at Curtin University. I want to talk to you more about just your work that you do generally, because you're on a mission to help people live in their homes for as long as possible, which I'm sure just about everybody wants to do. Because you say 72% of older Australians don't meet physical activity guidelines. 72%. God, that's incredible. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. As humans, many of us don't like being active. I must admit, I enjoy being physically active. I like that my body feels strong and healthy because of it. But many Australians, uh, and in particular as we get older, don't actually like being physically active, apart from maybe doing some walking. Now, walking is really good for us, but there are a few other things that we need to be doing. And the World Health Organization has just brought out some new physical activity guidelines, and they've included those for older people. And for, the, for your listeners, if they're wondering just how much they should be looking to do, if they can be working towards 150 minutes of aerobic activity a week, which we're looking at walking or cycling or swimming, doing something that makes you puff um, for that 150 minutes or 30 minutes a day, that would be fantastic. But the other two things that older adults also need to be looking at is to be doing strength exercises and uh, at least twice a week. And they also need to be looking at doing balance exercises twice a week as well. And those two things are really important. So if you're living in your home at the moment and you're finding everything and you're retired and you're finding everything's really easy, not a drama whatsoever, but I'm really looking to try and stave off the issues that we get in our older, real late years. So it's things like how easy you're finding it to get up off the chair. Can you do it without using your hands? Uh, can you actually get up off the toilet? At the moment, really simple for the majority of people. But think to yourself, is it as easy as it was five years ago? And if it wasn't, then you probably start to need to start looking at increasing your strength and doing some balance work as well in order for in another 20 years for it to be just as easy as what it is now. And that's really important. And people can do really simple things in order to stave off um, having difficulties with getting off the toilet. I remember this because my grandma at the end of her life had difficulties doing this and it was one of the things that she hated that she needed help with this. So it's things like if you're sitting in your chair watching TV every night and you might be watching a commercial channel, even if you're watching pay TV, they always have ads in them. Every time you see an ad, it's just a matter of standing up and sitting down from your chair making sure that you're not using your hands if you don't have to, and doing that every ad break. And if you do that at least four or five times a day during the ads, and you do that seven days a week, it is amazing how much better your quad strength and your leg strength and your bottom strength are going to be, and it'll make it so much easier for you to get in and out of a car, up and down off a chair, on and off the toilet. It's really simple things like that, but we need to be doing them often and we need to be doing them enough to actually keep up our strength and our balance. It's fantastic. It's, 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 what, it's the stuff that we need to know so much, Alyssa. I think we sort of seem to have either people who don't like exercise or you have people who uh, do like exercising uh, or you have people who don't like exercising who know that they should. So then, you know, they often go and 
just join a gym or something and then go hell for leather and then go, oh, God, I can't do anymore and stop. Um, what I love about these, um, your approaches is that you can, you can do them around the home. So um, let's talk more about that because you've got this, um, this falls prevention. Uh, really, that's what you're talking about, isn't it? That you're, yep. yeah. So can you, can you tell us more of those sorts of exercises? Because they're just fantastic. Sure. Um, I'll just go back to something you mentioned then. The gym is perfect for people who love being in that gym environment. Mm. Personally, I don't actually like going to the gym, so I've actually set up an exercise um, location in my garage at home. So I get up each morning before I start work um, and I exercise six days a week within that gymnasium that I've set up at home because I don't actually like the gym environment. So, But for some people, they absolutely love going to the gym. And there's many programs now that are available for older people um, that are specific to their age. Uh, so if you are interested in being in the gym, then feel free to look those up. But if not, there are things that you can actually do at home. And it's all about... Um, not thinking I need to go hell for leather for a month and then I'll stop doing it because it's made me too sore or I'm too tired or something like that. It's better to start doing little bits and often and then just progressing it up over time, just trying to increase maybe even every month. And it's thinking of it more like we think of a healthy eating plan rather than a diet because a diet we usually stay on maybe for four weeks, eight weeks, even six months but then we fall off the wagon and physical activity is very similar to that. So it's a matter of changing our mindset and thinking, okay, instead of actually having to do this every day for 30 minutes or whatever people prescribe or an hour, it's figuring out how I can actually just incorporate it into my day. If you don't like being active, if you're being active now, please just continue doing what you do uh, and work out your sweat and have a great time. But for those people who don't like being active, it's about getting you to change your psyche and doing little things and often. So with the balance exercises, which is so important for falls prevention, it's things like when you're waiting for the kettle to boil, how about you stand on one foot and count to 30. And then while you're still waiting for the kettle to boil, you change feet. Or in your standing position, you sway side to side, but you make sure that you're not letting your feet lift off the ground. Once again, um, it's talking about that sitting up and down slowly. If you have to go to the toilet, you might have a hallway in your home. Walk heel to toe, heel to toe, which is called the tandem walk, down the hallway to actually get to the toilet or getting something out of your bedroom or something like that. Making sure that you've always got those safety aspects too. So you're near the wall if you need to grab hold of the wall, but over time, you'll get better at walking heel toe, heel toe, a little bit like the American sobriety test. Or you might step sidestep down the hallway as well because both of those things are really good for balance things like stretching up to actually get something don't be afraid to stretch up on your toes at the beginning you may need to hold on to a bench to steady yourself but hopefully over time getting up on your toes uh, that will actually start to get stronger as well which is a little bit like a calf raise in the gym um, unpacking the dishwasher instead of bending from your waist how about you bend from your knees so you're actually doing a squat? Um, if you like being in the garden, that's fantastic. Continue being in the garden, particularly weeding is really good because what happens is when people weed, they often then sit on the ground for a while. And that means that they actually have to practice getting up and down off the ground. And that's a really good activity 
to continue to build your strength and your balance. So if people like gardening, I encourage them to get on and off the ground and do their weeding and stuff like that, which is really important. But if you haven't actually been on the ground for many, many years, which many older people find they haven't, then the first time you practice getting off the ground, please make sure that there's someone around you who can actually help you up if you find that you can't. So, and if you find that you can't actually get yourself up, it may be worth going and speaking with an exercise physiologist or a physiotherapist to see if you can just improve your strength and balance a little bit more um, in a concerted effort to actually be able to help yourself get up off the ground. Because that's really important. When older people have falls, often they're not actually injured, but they can't actually get themselves up off the ground and they're stuck. Mm -hmm. Um, and often an ambulance needs to be called simply to help them up off the ground. So we're trying to avoid that for them as well. Just amazing um, tips there, uh, listening to you. I mean, in my, uh, in my world, I, I think in listening to you, there's, you know, you can just do these things around the house at any time. It doesn't matter what age you are. I mean, I'm thinking of people who are like working at their computer all day. You, you know, you go and make a cup of coffee totally. or something, you can stand there and do calf raises while you're waiting for the kettle to boil. I mean, the thing is, I think... We uh, balance particularly is very much overlooked in sometimes in our, um, and I guess in exercise regimes that they teach in gyms uh, that would be incorporated a bit. But I think we can all do with more, um, you know, doing more balance exercises. Do you agree? Totally agree. Balance actually starts to um, reduce in its, our balance gets worse uh, into our 30s and 40s. So we really should be looking at doing strength and balance work basically straight from adulthood, if we can. Uh, I know that with the strength and balance workouts I do in the mornings, I always make sure that I try and get some balance in. Tai Chi is excellent for balance mm. and has been shown to prevent falls as well. So if older people or even adults of any age like to do Tai Chi, uh, there is a little bit of evidence on yoga, but yoga is still very good for your balance. And also um, it does help with de-stressing people as well it's good for your breathing uh, also can be good for your strength and walking for endurance is actually really good too or doing aerobic work swimming cycling walking mm. running um, is good for cognition as well as being good for your heart too so it's trying to get in that that different type of physical activity that you like but is really good for our health and we don't want to get to an age where it's like oh my god i'm really finding this difficult if we can start to do it a little bit earlier and just incorporate little bits and pieces into our, into our day, and I know people find it hard to find that time in their day, little piece, bits and pieces can compound really positively over time. But if we don't do it, it also compounds negatively over time as well. So we need to be aware of that. Fantastic tips. Well, look, I'm so grateful to you uh, for coming on the show today Alyssa and uh, sharing all of those tips if people want to find out more about these things because obviously you hear it once and then you might forget about it have we got a website that I can point them to I can put them up on the uh, go well Facebook page after the show sure um with regards to my project balanceonthebrain.com if they're wanting to have a look at some exercises they can do at home that are really safe there's actually a website called safeexerciseathome.org.au and that was developed by a group of physiotherapists and there's a nice workbook that actually works through some strength and balance exercises that people can actually do at home 
If people are living in WA, there's a program called Strength for Life, and that um, is specifically targeting people who are over 50 years of age, and it's all about strength and balance training. And there's about 4,000 West Australians across 50 sites that do that. It uh, used to be called Living Longer, Living Stronger, and there were certainly programs in Victoria for that as well. And I'm sure that the other states would have similar programs for older people uh, if they're interested in going to the gym. But if they're not, that safeexerciseathome.org.au um, is a really good place to start as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you once again, um, Dr. Alyssa Burton, for coming on the show today. Thanks so much, Kate.